are. Thank you for joining us. First ever podcast curve your sports podcast. Joey Debar, introduce yourself. How are we doing, everyone? Listen, to be honest here, you're gonna love hearing these sports, and you're gonna fucking laugh your pants off here. We got a lot to cover. A lot of shit's been going on in sports the last last month, last two weeks alone. The NFL baseball round around the corner. Joey, where are we starting the show off? All right, guys. Listen, this just happened today. It's fresh. Don't listen to any of those bullshit shit you hear on ESPN. You're going to want to listen here. So today, uh, the Mayor Adams, he got rid of the mandate that prevented players like Kyrie Irving, Aaron Judge, Jacob deGrom uh, from playing in the home stadiums. So now that this mandate has been lifted, Evan, we're going to start with you here, obviously. Which team out of like the Nets, the Mets, the Yankees, and so on, which team does the lifting of this mandate help out the most? Well, I mean, right off the bat, without Kyrie's been playing for the Mets, I mean, I, you got to figure having him down the home stretch for home games now is going to be huge, especially when they're at the eighth seed. That conference probably going to be the greatest eighth, eighth seed of all time with the talent they have on that roster. But, I mean, obviously, you know, with the Grom, they could have figured something out with him getting his starts on the road. They could have... You know, it would have been it would have sucked, obviously. But having you know a player like Judge, you know, superstar caliber player, miss half your home games would be a disaster for a team like the Yankees, who are, you know they're going to be relying on him a lot this year to be big again. So I would probably, I mean, I'm going to be biased being a Yankee fan. I don't know, but uh, realistically, I mean, it's hard to gauge something like that. You know, you got the Mets in the playoffs, you know, but the Yankees and Mets, you could. Uh, more so the Yankees, they really have the big hammer in terms of being able to sway public opinion in terms of politi- politicians in the city as opposed Oh, yeah, because God forbid if the, the New York Yankees can't play, oh, bada-bing. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, prob- I'm probably going to go with I'm gonna go with the, the Nets because, listen, w- without Kyrie playing a full season, look at them, they're the fucking eighth seed. If he was in every game, well, you could easily say that they'd be a top three team in the East, probably in the whole entire NBA. And who knows? It, yeah, I mean, Who knows? If he was playing the whole year, James Harden might still be there. You have absolutely no clue what's going on. The chemistry was fucked up from the start for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, but the ending with Harding was pretty ugly, obviously, you know, forcing his way out, betraying the Philly. But you got to figure, you know, with uh, Kyrie as outspoken as he is, maybe uh, that played a big, that definitely had played a bigger role than people the team chemistry in the first half because clearly the effect that they missed him so much on the court was absolutely yeah, he's a part time player and he wasn't even part time if you remember what was it like the first three months he didn't play any games he wasn't allowed to play yeah no he couldn't play he was yeah he was basically one of the like five whatever four or five guys that didn't get the vaccine so, but of course he was the big name he was the only big name on that, on that short list and you know they just the, the type of guy he's He's been, you know, apparently, you know, to me, you know, always been someone outspoken, clearly, you know, has some very unique opinions and ideas and a bunch yeah, of you shit. Could, you could say he's whacked, but, you know, that's besides the point. But at the end of the day, you know, them having him back, you know, could make them, you know, a dangerous threat in the playoffs, especially early on. Like, don't be surprised if you see them make conference final. conference final. I'd agree with that. You know, as a big Nets fan myself, 15 minutes away from the Barclays, you know, it's it's going to be exciting, especially when Ben Simmons gets back. Uh, just a note for the viewers and the, the listeners, uh, as much as we'd want to and as much as you probably want to hear, we're not going to get too involved in the political aspect of a lot of things. You know, we can go on about the, the vaccine, whether it's bullshit or not. You know, we're not going to get into that here. You're just going to – you came here for sports. You don't want to hear any of that political bullshit. So, you know. You and the 12 other Brooklyn Nets fans there are. You and Evan Roberts. Yeah, you know, at least we have something to be a fan of. You know, the cute Knicks. What are they, like 17 games below 500? Hey, we blow we blow a fourth quarter lead at least once a week. So not only do you blow fourth quarter leads, you pay someone a max contract and he's not even worth a dollar. Oh, Julius yeah, Randle. Oh, get paid and not do anything. Oh, we don't have we don't have to we don't have to go down the Knicks. Uh, James Dolan handling the franchise even after we have a good year last year. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to ask you a question. If the mandate wasn't lifted, does Judge, someone like Aaron Judge, because, uh, you know, whether you like it or not, Aaron Judge is significantly more popular in New York than Jacob deGrom is. And he's, you know, he's a, he's a more, you see him a more commercial, he's more outspoken, even though he's, you know, he's in the Derek Jeter-esque category of uh, superstars where, you know, he, he keeps it quiet and he doesn't really, you know, make any headlines. But if the mandate wasn't lifted, what would you say Judge would do? Is he digging his heels in or he's going to say, you know what, I'll get the vaccine for my team? Well, to me, Judge has never been like, uh, uh, has always been a selfless player in terms 
on the field, how he handled, you know, conducted himself off the field. Everybody compares him to how Derek Jeter was. So in my opinion, just knowing how he really is, I think he, you know, in the end, he, he would have, I think he would have, I think he would have gotten the vaccine, honestly, and play and been there instead of missing, opting to miss half a season along with half his salary. It's just in, at the end of the day, I think he would have, he would have realized it's a lot more at stake. And I don't think he would have been as somewhat defined as someone like a Kyrie Irving. Well, it's interesting because even though he, well, will, he what will, is your, what do you think? What do you, what do you, what was your opinion? On what was going to happen? Like, what side? Who would have bended if, if the, the, if the mandate wasn't lifted? What do you, what do you think would have happened with Judge? Uh, truthfully, I think, uh, believe it or not, I think he would dig his heels in because if you've waited this long to not get the vaccine, you're not going to get it. You know what I mean? Unless the Yankees started saying, like, listen. We're not doing a Kyrie here. You're not playing away games either. So you're going to play zero games and not get paid. You know, then we'll really see how much he believes in not taking the vaccine. You know, again, we're not going to get into whether that's right or wrong. Everyone has a choice. But, you know, is he willing to miss millions of dollars and potentially hurt his value by not playing? I don't know. But I would say that if the Yankees dug in like that and they said, listen, we're not paying you and you're not playing, I think he would probably cave. But it's important to know that even though he can play at home games now and presumably he can play everywhere else, he still can't play in Toronto. And what would you say? They got at least six games at minimum in Toronto this year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't know what's going to happen with the, uh, with the uh, restrictions over in Canada. But in terms of the Yankees going there, uh, I mean, it's gonna, I'm sure they've had conversations about how that's going to be handled. But uh, at this point, you know, Judge is not – I guess going to be able to play when they go play the Blue Jays. Rizzo either. But, I'm pretty sure Rizzo's not vaccinated but, either. Yeah, but if you ask me, I mean, there's so so many changes have been going on. Like, you don't know. I would not be surprised if you saw some type of exemption uh, given out for um, by the time by the time the MLB season's in full swing in some in, in places like Toronto. But we'll see. Well, there's a lot of shit going on in Canada right now, so. Yeah, they're popping all around. All right, um, so that's the Yankees. Let's let's try and go into the Mets side here because even though we are Yankee homers, we're not going to ignore the Mets, even though they kind of oh, deserve to be ignored. <laughs> the vaccine mandate, obviously. Yeah, so Jacob deGrom, if he misses games, if this wasn't man, uh, lifted the mandate, if he's missing games, how much are they going to feel it, even though they signed Scherzer? You mean if he's missing games due to injury, or you mean if no? Missed- if this mandate wasn't lifted and he dug in his heels and he didn't play, how much would the Mets miss him? Well, the thing with him is, all right, it would be a pain in the ass, but they'd be able to, they'd definitely be able to uh, flip the rotation around homestand serves where he's not pitching it. Doesn't have he doesn't line up to a home start, and it's real. It's they just work him really on the road, which. It, you know, it's it it's definitely could be done. It just would have been a lot more moving parts. Yeah, it sucked for the Mets fans. Definitely, they suffered enough. Definitely would not have been ideal for the Mets to handle decent though in terms of because if you look the first two weeks, they're on the the first week and a half, they're on the they open up on the road for three straight, four straight series. So mm-hmm. you get those types of home stands, you know, you're going to be fucked. So having the best pitcher in baseball and not have to worry about having a vaccine mandate affect him being on the field city fields obviously you know a huge relief for that fucking coaching staff yeah well i, I i'm not going to disagree with anything you said here i think this is kind of just a common sense thing maybe if we were having this conversation like a year and a half ago you know i would say that you know these guys should just get vaccinated like this is a serious issue but you know we're we're over two years now since the beginning of this you know pandemic and now that 87% of New York adults have it, I mean, what's the risk if a couple of, you know, professional athletes aren't vaccinated, I mean, whatever. The, the thing goes, get, listen, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm never going to bring up politics, but the, the whole thing got so hypocritical. It's like, what are we doing here? So there's no, there's no ma- vaccine mandate for customers in private or public businesses, but the workers had to be vaccinated. Oh, and but for and for their sports teams. Oh, yeah, you can't. You could be at the game unvaccinated, but you can't play in the game if you're unvaccinated. <laughs> it was getting it was getting to an, a ridiculous point, and clearly, you know, the mayor of New York and New York City politicians start to feel the heat of just a bunch of common sense kicking in, and uh, I really think that played a huge role yeah. in the ultimate, ultimate decision. We were supposed to have another five minutes allotted to this, but uh, you can't really beat a dead horse. I think we, we got enough on that. So we're going we're gonna to stick to New York teams, but we're going to go more towards the baseball side. Um, we're going to have a caller later on in the hour um, in terms of expectations for both teams. 
But give, give me your first month or two for the Yankees. What are you looking for when they trot out there? Basically, um, the first, well, as you know, the Yankees are notorious for usually getting off the slow starts, especially in the colder early months of April. And yeah, who, who could forget the, uh, the, 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 uh, the, the, the 140 average that Teixeira always trotted out for April and May? Do you have kids in Greenwich, Connecticut, in private school? I don't think so. <laughs> um, yeah. For my entourage uh, fans there. What is you, you want to know my expectations for the first two months? Yeah, what do you want to see when they go out there the first two months? Like, what are you looking for? I mean, I'm really just looking to stay healthy. That's really it. I mean, I I could care less about numbers and how people, you know, how who's hot, who's not, and in how in the obviously you want to see your. Your play, your your superstar players do well, and you know, stay somewhat consistent for most of the season. But at the same time, you got to take everything with a grain of salt. Those first six to eight weeks of the season, in terms of you know, just play competent baseball. You know, stay, don't don't put up a, a laundry list of names on that fucking IR. We don't need any hamstrings falling off the bone. And, and please just stay healthy, because if this team with the talent in this roster, if we stay healthy, you know, you can protect us for a mid nineties mid-to-upper 90s type team. So it's really early. It's early in the year. You know, a good start, you know, always helps with a strong finish. You know, being especially staying healthy. As you know, the last three years, it's been a circus in terms of Yankees coming in uh, in and off the injured list. It's been an absolute disaster. So really just be healthy in the beginning of the year is my biggest hope and expectation. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to disagree with that. You know, the, you know, I think anybody who's a fan of the Yankees or even if they just follow the Yankees casually, which most people in America do just because they're the Yankees, um, except for they actually win, you know, unlike the Dallas Cowboys. But, you know, uh, for me, the Yankees, you just need to see more of what you didn't see last year or the years that, you know, they haven't been, you know, producing. You know, I don't need to see Judge and Stanton combined for, you know, 30 home runs in the first two or three months. You know, I'd rather see the Yankees trot out guys, you know, four or five guys that are hitting above 275. Because if they're doing that, you know, you can't go wrong. This pitching rotation, as long as they don't underachieve, like you said, the Yankees should be in the the mid-90s, high-90s win total. But we don't want to spend too much time. We're going to get more into that in the second hour with the caller. Um, But for the Mets, this road trip that they're coming up on, you know, you said the first two series are going to be on the road. On the road, they they open up the fifteenth at City. Obviously, everybody's got that circled. Um, yeah, they got the, you know road stand. I mean the uh, the game every year. You know for the Mets. You know you just feel the you see a lot of you feel a lot of negative expectations. Well, we're not we're not going off from the Mets here, but this is arguably not even arguably. It's undebatedly the best time of the year to be a Mets fan because you can't be let down. Yeah. No. I... <laughs> But uh, I'll tell you what, Steve Cohen's clearly the new sheriff in town. We'll, uh, we're going to get a lot. We're gonna hey, hey, a lot. the last five years, even the last ten years, or however long you've been cognitively paying attention to baseball and understanding what's going on, did you ever think that you would hear the Mets are spending more on payroll per year than the Yankees? Well, when you got an owner like Steve Cohen, I mean, it's, it's pretty it's, – it's definitely, definitely a culture shock for sure. I'm sure for a lot of their fans we've heard. But, yeah, I mean, the guy, Steve Cohen, group Mets fan, you know, he's from here. You know, he's doing it. You know, this is every – it's basically – you become, this is like a, your favorite team's dream, owning that team. So he's going he's gonna to do whatever it takes to bring the missing pieces into that fucking organization. And he doesn't care how much he spends. It doesn't matter. It's a luxury tax, whatever. He, he says – he just laughs it off and says whatever it takes. He wants to bring the Mets another championship. Yeah, hopefully they're bringing in guys that actually can produce and not the Jason Bays of the world. <laughs> but yeah, um, well, he's already put his name on the, some hefty contracts, so we'll st- <laughs> we'll see how they pan out. You know, we're not going to get too deep into it, like I said. But uh, listen, Scherzer, it's a, it's a, it's you're risking, you know, the age that he's 38. Given what, what did he get a three year deal? All right, 41. Is he going to be putting up Cy Young numbers? Probably not. But that's not the point. It's more apparent than ever. Any team. That gets hot after the awesome break, you have a chance to win the World Series. So if you want to get Max Scherzer on your team and you think you could win this year, it's worth every penny. Listen, I mean, we got we, we got a bunch of NFL talk before we get into Yankees Mets. I don't want to cut you short, but you know what? Um, 
obviously the Max Scherzer signing was a no-brainer in terms of the Mets organization, everything, and it all lined up for him. And now they got that they got that lot knockout number two punch to go into Grom. I mean, a, we <laughs> we got a lot to get to. Today. They got a ball game brewing over there at City Field, okay. but yeah. we're, we're moving we on to it. segment number two here. Uh, we're going to talk a little NFL. A lot, a lot of news happening in the NFL, particularly I mean, I, with some wide receivers. Yeah, this, I mean, if we had another 17 hours, I don't know if we can get, get through all the moves that's gone on in the NFL this offseason already. We're not even in the fucking April yet. Draft still hasn't happened. But where do you want to start? I mean, we got like, we got we got, I've, we got to start with the biggest one, obviously, of recent. Tyreek Hill, almost a Jet. From recent reports, I on 101.9 FM, our friends over at WFAN, Evan Roberts, reporting with Craig Carton today. Tyrus, the Jets and Chiefs had the deal in place. All they had to do was go to Tyreek Hill, show them they had. They all they were discussing the extension, money, years was all done, and they presented it to Tyreek Hill, and the Dolphins came in and they offered they offered a, a similar deal, and he chose the Dolphins over the Jets last minute. Your take. Uh, you know, again, not trying to be biased here, even though I'm not a Giants fan, really, but can you blame him? Why would you want to go to a situation where the the team is just losing, has been ingrained in them? They have not made the playoffs in 11 years. There are some people on this earth that, that are, you know, 9, 10, 11 years old. They've never seen the Jets make the playoffs. Can you imagine that? It's it's absolutely insanity that this organization, what they've trotted out there the last you know, since, you know, those two years that they had with Rex and, and uh, what's his name, Mark Sanchez. But beyond that, if you're getting similar money and the Dolphins, not the Dolphins, and the Chiefs are getting similar compensation and it's all up to Tyree Kill, it's a no-brainer to go to the Dolphins, okay? You got an offensive coach that is about as savvy as they come. Who, who knows how much of it really was him and how much of it was Shanahan. But, you know, all I have to say is, if Tyreek Hill would have chose to go to the Jets, you got to get him psychiatrically evaluated. Now, if you ask me from the Jets' perspective, my opinion, um, I would not have, I would not have given up what the chief, what the Chiefs ended up getting for Tyreek Hill for two reasons. One is that is a win now move. The Jets are not in a win now situation. They are still trying to build a team. They need to rebuild the defense. They need to build around. Zach Wilson, obviously adding a piece like Tyreek Hill is growth, but you're trading away five picks, three of them, two of them in the top first two rounds, and one in the fourth in this year's draft, and, and then locking in $30 million AVA average a year. <laughs> uh, I mean, that's a big commitment for a team that you you have still have a lot of things to work on. So, in my opinion, it wasn't needed. Definitely was not needed for the Jets to. But you got to give some credit to Joe Douglas for get, make trying to make moves and improve. Nah, uh, no, no, no. I'm not. I'm not going to agree with you there. That's, it's the Douglas. wrong move. It's the wrong move. You what? I already asked you this question another day, but I'll ask you it again. What team? I mean, you can't even say the Jets are on the come up, but whatever. What team that is trying to build something has allotted thirty million dollars? I mean, no, that's a record contract, but even twenty to thirty million. What team on the come up allots that money to a wide receiver and expects to win? You just don't see that in the NFL. That's that's not the. That's I understand. I understand the statistics behind it, but in terms of trying, in terms of trying to make a move, make a move, and really show your show your fan base and organization that you're that you're doing what it takes to improve this team right now. I think he's that, already yeah, been that, doing that. I think he's already been doing that. Now, like I said before, I, for the Jets, it would not have been it would not have been an ideal move in my mind. But you got to give Joe Douglas credit for Trump for work for working on working on something like this. In which the was the last time the Jets made any type of trade or move like that. But the, the, the point is, even though it's a new GM, the Jets have been known to sign or trade for players that don't make sense. Le'Veon Bell made zero sense. I don't care okay. if he's one of the most patient runners and he can run behind any line, blah, blah, blah. It was a disaster, and Tyree Kill would have been an equal disaster. I mean, I'm not saying he would have been the same Tyree Kill, you know, without Patrick Mahomes, but he he is an abs. He's he is a he is a player on the football field like a Debo Samuel who could do so much. Where you get the ball in his hands, he could change the game instantly. That's how dangerous of a player he is, and to have his, that threat 
on the field at all times. It just made you know your defense is coming in. You got a game plan around guys like that. He's an offense, you know. He's a game changer, a player like that. So I could see them wanting to make a move. You know, that's you know I understand. I understand you. You know where you're coming from. Obviously, how where you think it's really stupid, but uh, you got I applaud him for making an effort to really try to make really try to make a move in the offseason. That even though I don't think right now is the right time for a move like that. I don't know. Uh, you're saying once he gets the ball in his hands that it's a different ball game, but uh, who's to say he's even getting the ball? I mean, Zach Wilson, Jerry's still out on him, it's whatever, but you want to know what? Until you see that line, and, and you know, I'll be fair here, until you see the Giants line and the Jets offensive line play well, I don't think you should be spending money on ancillary pieces, skill position players. Because you want to know what? If the Giants had any balls, they get rid of Saquon Barkley and they start protecting Daniel Jones. That's all. That, that's what it comes down to. You know, I, uh, I mean, it's hard to argue those points. Um, you know, we've seen time and time again teams that weren't ready to win because they didn't have the core of their team bill yet go out and waste a lot of money and draft capital on big-time superstar talent like that, and it just not work because they didn't know. They didn't have a defense good enough. Their offensive line still needed help, and it didn't even matter in the end. You know, we've seen that time and time again. Um, but, you know, um, with... Zach Wilson coming in the year two, and that division being competitive as ever now, especially with <laughs> the Dolphins upgrade. Um, the Bills, Patriots. I mean, the Jets. You got to figure. You know, there's no way they're gonna they're gonna be out of the cellar this year. Three Maybe and the fourteen. Three and fourteen. Four and thirteen. That's their ceiling. But the, uh, but you want to know what the games will be closer, and I guess if you're a Jets fan, that could be a win. But. All you can hope, all you can hope for is progression with Zach Wilson's game. You know, really, that's the biggest. But the biggest but how are you going to know he's progressing if he's constantly on his back, constantly having to rush throws? He's trying to make things out of nothing. You know, listen, Zach Wilson is probably infinitely more talent talented than Daniel Jones. But it doesn't matter how talented you are if you can't stay upright. And, you know, we're not going to get into the fact that, you know, who was Zach Wilson throwing to? You know, maybe they'll go after Olave in the draft or something. But I love the Quinn Barrios re-signing, you know. They, he's coming back. You know, he, that, guy, that guy's a, you know, he's a Swiss Army knife. I've ever seen one. He's very versatile. I love him. He's yeah. a good playmaker. We, we can get into the Jets and Giants, you know, because you know, somehow the Tyree Kills went into the Jets and Giants. But we're going to pivot here. Um, we're going to talk about both sides of this trade that ended up happening. The Packers and the Raiders. Who do you think won that trade? I mean, yeah, I mean, oof, that's tough. I mean, you got it. You got to assume the Raiders, even with the money, just because of how good they already are and how how good of a year Derek Carr is coming off of. And considering you know how well they played down the stretch with a lot of with all that went on with that team last year, to add the, you know arguably the best wide receiver in the NFL, top three for sure. That's you know I think right now they won that move. I mean yeah, the Packers are paying Devontae and they uh, they got some draft capital obviously, but. Uh, I'd say the Raiders right now won it. You know, that's you know, I know Rodgers wasn't happy to see him go, but it came down to where Devontae wanted to go, unfortunately. And you know, even with a bigger offer from the Packers, he wanted to play with Carr in Vegas. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we were just talking about it. I don't think a wide receiver, no matter who they are, is worth that amount of money. Um, what it comes down to is. The Packers, in, in my estimation, I think you would agree, they got blindsided by this. I think that they thought, as well as Aaron Rodgers, if they offered, you know, market above market value, meaning that any team that wanted to offer Devontae Adams money, the Packers could match it. And if all things are considered equal, why wouldn't he sign with the Packers? Why wouldn't he stay with the Packers? But you want to know what? He's gone, and he's getting paid all that money. They were willing to pay all that money, and they still, still couldn't keep him. And what do they have now? Now they're down basically their whole entire offense in terms of the passing game. Aaron Rodgers is going to, you know, he's going to bop around. He's going to be throwing it to everybody, and he's going to put up great numbers as usual. But now if you're the Packers, now you're kind of forced to go after a wide receiver. You know, I don't know if they're going to waste a first-round pick on a wide receiver. But, you know, this wide receiver class, it's, it's deep, but it's not, you know, the, you know, the Odell Beckham Jr. class deep. Um, but I just feel like it's a move that 
Listen, the Packers this whole entire offseason, they were just worried about Aaron Rodgers coming back. He's back. But now the second best player on the team arguably is gone. So I don't know what you're doing if you're the Packers. You know, the thing is that he didn't, they didn't want to trade him. They had to trade him. That's what it all came down to. Oh, this just in from I ESPN. just saw that. I just saw that. Let's pop around. <laughs> Tell him. Indict Deshaun Watson on accusation of sexual misconduct. Just how I suspected. Even you know, it, it was obvious to me after the grand jury threw it out that this was inevitable. So there you have it. Yeah, this was this was a separate thing. Um, just you know, I, I did do uh, a good eight months in law school, so you know that's something to be proud of. But uh, for those that don't know, uh, the grand jury, the first grand jury that found him not guilty on any of these charges. Uh, it was dismissed the case without prejudice, and without prejudice means he could basically be tried again. And you know, because if you get dismissed with prejudice, and that means you can't be charged again for the same exact accusation. But since it was without prejudice, he was able to be charged again. And as we just saw, uh, this new grand jury decided not to charge him. He still can face uh, civil liability, meaning that. Instead of going to jail, which now there's no longer a possibility that he can go to jail, he could still pay a decent amount of fines. And yeah. you want to know what? If a judge finds him you know, liable for doing what he did to these women or if he settles out of court, the ball is in the NFL's court to do what they want with him. Are they going to make an example of him and say, hey, listen, you want to know what? You didn't get you're not thrown in jail, but, you know, this is not a good look for us. You know, we're going to give you an eight game suspension, something like that. Uh, I can't see it. I really can't see a suspension going bigger than two or four games. I, I just don't think they're going to go that nuts with him when he was he's being exonerated. Well, you know, the NFL doesn't give a shit if you beat up women or rape them. I mean, just look at Greg Hardy. <laughs> just look at Ray Rice. You know, it, it doesn't matter. It's just fine until the video came out. Yeah. Uh, oh, same yeah. with Tyreek Hill. <laughs> Hill, you could say. Yeah, but it, God forbid if you bet on games you're not playing and Oh, you're gone for the year. Fucking yeah, well, you know, that's the what means integrity? He wasn't in the – listen, they did an investigation and they found that he wasn't involved in any of the games. He had no oh, communication. Yes, he easily could have. And you think he's the only player that, that's done it? Or no, I think he's the only it? player stupid enough to uh, – you know, I, I guess in his state, uh, FanDuel or whatever isn't legal. So he was in Florida when he placed the bets. And then he left, and when he was in Georgia or any other state where it's not legal, he tried to log into his account, and it got flagged. You know, yeah. so, you know, maybe if you're stupid enough, you should face consequences, but, you know. Yeah, and if they're, if they're, if any of them have, have a brain, they, they probably, they put best through other people instead of putting your name attached <laughs> to accounts. Yeah. I, mean, that's, I mean, shit, I mean, how, how protected are, you know, is sites like FanDuel and Jesus, I guess, decently with all the money that goes in and out of it, but, I mean, yeah. shit, I mean, so, that's still technically public record, I feel like. So, so quickly here, we've got a few more minutes left in this segment. Out of all these deals that went down, you know, we'll mention them quickly depending on which teams you think got better and which teams got worse. All the moves that are being made, which teams do you think have situated themselves to be better or worse? I mean, you, if there's one division in football that's absolutely gone ballistic this offseason, as you know, the AFC West is the true wild, wild fucking West of the NFL this year. I mean, Russell Wilson <laughs> to the Broncos. What are we doing here? And the Raiders get Devontae Adams. That chief, that chief's the chief's division's gonna be start to sweat now with time. Yeah, yeah. Forget about Burley. Justin Herbert. Just don't give him his due. Yeah, forget. And the Chargers. Oh, you want to talk about a team improving in the <laughs> just taking another gigantic step after all just missing the playoffs last year? I mean, can you make any argument the AFC West will not be the most interesting division in football next year? Uh, the last place team might have nine, ten wins. You want to know what? I, I think personally it's hard to disagree with that. But believe it or not, you know, I think you're going to find this one interesting. I still think that the 49ers and the, the Rams are going to make that division. Listen, I know the Seahawks are trash, but let's assume that Kyler Murray, all that shit, he's going to play, whatever. The Cardinals, Rams, and 49ers, I mean, all of those teams made the playoffs last year. The 49ers made it to the championship game, the you know, their conference championship. The Rams won it all. So, I mean, you know, assuming Kyler Murray doesn't shit the bed again. I mean, those are three teams right there. Let's say Trey Lance, you know, turns out to be a, like a great quarterback. Then you're talking about 
the 49ers with the actual good quarterback and not Jimmy Garoppolo. And then you're talking about the Rams. They got Matthew Stafford coming back. They're making some other moves. They, I don't know if you heard this or not. They're trying to get Wagner, who just left the Seahawks. So that'd be a great addition to the defense. But yeah, he can still play, obviously. He's yeah. Wagner. Bobby Wagner's, what, 33? Yeah, he could still bop around. But what I'm saying is it's going to be a great year. I just think, you know, it's the offseason and you always got to, you know, got to have something to talk about. I think once the, the games are played, you know, whether it's the Broncos and Chargers or even the Raiders – I think there's only going to be two teams from that division that make the playoffs. And I think there's only going to be two teams from that division that you're going to say those teams are good. I'm not sold that the Broncos are going to be good. And I'm still not sold that the Raiders can take the next step. Well, I mean, the Broncos solved an enormous problem. They had no, they did for sure. But uh, Russell Wilson, you know. Uh, With the weapons he has, too, that, that team's got some weapons. They, I mean, listen, no, listen. No everything on paper, like I said, looks great. Judy is an absolute downfield threat on the outside they got i'm telling you they that defense is coming around that second half they uh i think they're gonna they're gonna be a good team this year yeah they could definitely bop around but you want to know what always bet on the team that you know has been there and done that let's see how the broncos are going to do this year hey don't forget first year head coach for the broncos don't forget that i'll tell you what's probably the best you can get on the Chiefs in the last four years preseason odds. You're going to get some decent. You're going to get way better odds this year than you would last year. I'll tell you that. Minus Tyreek Hill, plus all the additions to the other three teams. Watch out. Yeah, that's for all you degenerates out there listening. All right, <laughs> we're gonna we were going to talk about baseball, but we kind of led the show off with that, so we're going to save the baseball for last. I'm going to talk a little NBA. You know, uh, when it comes to the NBA, especially in New York, you know, even though I'm a Nets fan, I'm, I'm not going to pretend. Most of New York doesn't give a shit about the Nets, so it's whatever. Once the Knicks, you know, show their true colors, people in New York kind of forget about basketball. But we're going to talk about the Lakers here. Me and Evan had this conversation uh, about a week ago, but it wasn't obviously on air or not. LeBron James, you know, the Lakers, every show has to talk about him. If you don't talk about LeBron James, you're not a podcast, you're not a TV show, you're not anything. But uh, listen, if the Lakers fail this year, and when I mean they fail, you know, let's just say they don't make it out of the first or the second round. They might not even make it out of the play-in tournament. But if they fail, is this LeBron's fault? Listen, there's two, there's two sides to blaming LeBron. So if you really want to get to the nooks and cranny of this conversation, then here it is. LeBron James obviously had a big influence on how this roster was built. Clearly, he brought in guys that he wanted to play with and thought he'd have success with. And clearly, those guys haven't panned out. Russell Westbrook and Carmelo Anthony are playing like shells of themselves. Now, in terms of having the the power of him bringing players in and building a team, he failed the sense of help bringing in, putting a championship roster together. Obviously, he's not the GM, but we all know who's called the shots. Yeah, he's the GM. In, in terms of how he's played on the floor, I mean, the guy's he's like fine wine. Listen, no, one, no one's going to debate that better, LeBron James is playing at a high level. He's seven years old, 30 points a game. He leads the league 37 years old. So what he's done on the court, what he's doing on the court, something that, you know, our generation may never see again, probably won't ever see again. Yeah, I don't I don't think you're gonna see I don't think you're gonna see a generational like uh, I mean LeBron James from the moment he came to the NBA, you could tell that this guy was going to be, you know, the one B to Michael Jordan's one A. But you know, I don't know what in terms of superstars, I think the league is flush with Young talent, more so than it has been ever. I mean, you got Luka Doncic, you got Giannis, you got John Morant. I mean, if you said that a year ago, I don't know if anybody would believe you, but there are just so many young superstars that are just going to... even Zion when he's able to, you know, walk yeah, out of the Yeah, pack. when he's able to get sub below sub-300 pounds, fucking... Yeah, Zion, when he's on the court, you can't deny his greatness. He's just... That's his problem right now. There's, a, there's no doubt the NBA is flooded with young superstars right now. And then you see this guy, like this, this aging legend who just continues year in, year in, year out, just finding a way to still play at this level. It just gives you – it makes you think a little – look look a little bit towards the NFL, what Brady's done. Well, Germany. you want to know what? I mean, it, it is – it's not his fault that he ran into the late, uh, the Warriors during, you know, that, that Cleveland run. Of course, they got it done in that one year, but – uh, let's let's make no you know mistakes here. They should not have won that that championship against Golden State. Draymond Green doesn't get suspended in Game Six, whatever it was. 
They, the Warriors would have won Game Six. Oh, they series had, oh, they had so many times. They had so many chances to close the <laughs> the cap. No, I, of course. But what I'm saying is, Dream towards the towards the end of that tenure, anyway. towards the end of that that tenure, it, it was clear that the team that LeBron constructed was never going to beat the Warriors. Okay, so what does he do? I mean, does like, he try and reconstruct the team and, and get in new guys? No, he just leaves Cleveland high and dry. Oh, I won a championship, so I guess I can leave. And you want to know what? They won a yeah, championship. The four straight finals in two years. Oh, give me a break. The East, they, me and you could trot out there and we could probably be the number two team in the East. Winning the conference is that easy. The guy, go look at his roster. He did it every single year. Go look at his roster in 2018. Look at who he was on his team in 2018. What do you mean who was on his team? He had Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Not in 2018, Kyrie Irving left. He was gone by then. What are you talking about? LeBron went to his fourth straight finals in Cleveland with no Kyrie, uh, uh, an old Kevin Love, and... Who the hell was their point guard? Why am I drawing a blank? Um, in 2017. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I remember. That was the J.R. Smith, that whole, de- that whole yeah. debacle. That was no Kyrie, yeah, that was no... Well, regardless, that, that's besides the point. I'm saying, like, oh, he won the East... All- if LeBron James was in the West all those years, he'd probably win half the amount of conference championships. Well, he didn't go to the West, you know. He went home to Cleveland, you know. You, you, you want to make that argument, fine. Yeah, obviously conference, the West conference, the overall, the West, this is, well, I don't know, not, not as much anymore, but the West has obviously dominated the East, the Eastern Conference in terms of overall team talent. There's no debate in that, but listen, we can, we can sit here and argue with LeBron's legacy all day. All I'm saying is the guy's 37. He leads the league in scoring with 30 points a goddamn game. Something he hasn't done it. 15 years and you know he's on a he's on a bad Lakers team where his his the second best player just can't get up he's court. on a bad Lakers team because it's his fault he constructed the team like that oh, okay you okay but you can't blame this man for Anthony Davis being made out of glass for Christ's sake I mean, that's geez. that's been a concern the guy's whole entire career his but hope was that hopefully this guy can stay healthy enough for at least they want a championship. Oh, get get the yeah, championship like that matters when there was no fans, no pressure, no bullshit. Come on, the ratings. No one even watched that series. That was the worst ratings ever. They played ninety percent of the season for Christ's sake, and you're telling it doesn't matter what. Ninety percent of the season can can that could you know that's great. That's fine. He's always been a great uh, regular season player. But once it got to the actual playoffs, it was in a bubble the whole time. It, come on, oh, like the same format, format against the the best teams in the NBA that still have. You can't listen. You want to split hairs on that with baseball in a sixty game season? Fine. Yes, I think that was a fake championship that, too. That's besides the point. The same format. If anything, if, if there's no can, fans, you can make the argument winning in there was harder than if it was. No, there, if there's no fans, you have a, you don't understand how much easier. Not easier, but it just, it changes the whole dynamic. A shitty player on a team that you've never even heard of. It also helps worse teams. You get the argument goes both ways for that. I don't. I'm not going to sit here and argue about the validity of their bubble championship. That's just not. It's a bubble championship. That's what it is. Yeah. (laughs) Whatever you want. You can't weigh it the same. All right. Listen. If the Yankees would have won the World Series that year, you'd be happy as hell. But you'd say, eh, it's not the same. It was a little different. There was only third. You know. People forget the first six weeks of 1995 season. All the first five weeks didn't happen yet. The Braves won the championship, but nobody mentions that it was only 80 that that nine, that they missed 10 percent of the season. All right, so don't give me that. Yeah, you want to know what? All that matters is what happened the next year, not the next year after that. The next year, the next year, the next year. That's all that matters. Okay, well, I evaluate players on what they do on the court. So, <laughs> what the only thing LeBron's done on the court is dominate. <laughs> yes, and you want to know what? If if they have a really poor ending to the season and he decides to leave and basically leave that franchise in his waist, it'd be a damn shame. I can't can't disagree there. I think I think I think you might I think you should go home to Cleveland. Honestly, if you ask me, go back go home to Cleveland because LeBron loves playing with young guys. He would never bring in veterans. You know, he would never bring in his own guys. Well. I mean, he didn't have to bring much into Cleveland. I mean, Kyrie and Love, Kyrie and Love were already there when he went back, and now clearly they were headed up in the right direction after getting hit on the draft picks like Kyrie in the time. Now, then he saw, oh, they're relevant, got some talent for me now. All right, I'll go back with the championship, and that's what he did. And now, you know what? If he does it again, I won't be surprised. We'll see. I, I mean, where else would he go? Really, where else would he go that would make sense? Um. 
I don't know, especially if he goes back to the East. I mean, yeah, I it's think, not the listen, same. Get anymore. out of the West. Get out of the West. Go back to the East. Go home. Finish your career in Cleveland for your last five, six. Yeah, and, and then when he and then when he goes to you know fucking Sacramento because Bronny James Jr. is drafted, you know, the second to last pick in the draft. Oh, gotta go play with Bronny. Oh. <laughs> well, you know, at this point, he's, he's playing. He's playing with his son. His son should not even make the NBA. I know you don't follow college basketball, but his son, you know, he's a top 35 prospect. That's really on name alone. He, 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 if he was a normal player, he would have to stay four years in college. Uh, absolutely, yeah. But he's not a normal player, and he's probably going to skip a year. He's going to play one more time. Uh, one more time. He's only going to play one year in college. If he even has to, who knows? The rule might change. Might call it the LeBron rule, where he doesn't even, you don't have to play in college anymore. He could just go straight back to the NBA, just, just so he could play with his son. But, you know, that's besides the point. I, I think he's done more good for the NBA than bad, but uh, don't ever forget that LeBron James was the one that ushered in, you know, these super teams and whatnot. <laughs> I mean... You, he definitely started. He definitely started the trend, but you know he's proven time and time again to me, at least, that he can win. He can win not just he can win without superstars as well in terms of playing basketball. I mean, this guy's done it all. I'm, I'm giving him his flowers for the rest of his career, but it's time to criticize him. I criticize him. He did, you know, he put he put a bad, he put an age roster together that did not work out, which obviously a lot of it was based on Anthony Davis being healthy for once, and that didn't work out. Yeah, even if he was healthy, I don't think it was going to work out. But that's besides the point. All right, here we go. <laughs> we are about what is it? Twenty. Got nineteen minutes left. Ooh, you know what? We got two weeks. Two weeks until Yankee opening day. Yeah, two, we- two weeks until the real arguments start. Two weeks, but so far in terms of this, this uh, you could say strike shortened off season. Cashman, I can't blame. I can't blame for any moves he's done so far, and uh, I, li- I like. Uh, I well, like there's nothing to blame him for because he hasn't done anything tangible. Yeah, well, listen, I see. I see the direction he's he's moving in this offseason. Well, he wasn't going to go out and spend a bunch of money on a big free agent. He was just going to the strengths they have. You know, stay under, stay under the cap, save money, uh, probably extend Judge before opening day. If not, pay him at the end of the year. And you know what? I'm fine with that. If we get one more starter, I wouldn't be against it. Yeah, I mean, at this point. I mean, if you wanted a starter, why didn't you go after Max Scherzer? I mean, why didn't you go after Syndergaard? We get one of those two stars from the A's. You know, I wouldn't be surprised. We made a blockbuster trade before opening day for one of them. They had, they had, I don't think any more moves are going to happen. But the Yankees had a chance to sign Syndergaard. You're not going to give him a max contract. You know, when healthy, the guy has proven to be a... He could be a number one on any other team, but of course he was playing with Jacob deGrom. If he was on this team, he wouldn't even have to be a number one again. And if if Syndergaard was in this rotation, you'd be hard-pressed not to bet the Yankees to win the, the American League, but... Listen, uh, with Severino coming back strong, how he did at the end of last season, although it was only 8 innings out of 10, to show you, he can... He, if he does... If something... If he does not pan out as a starter, there could be a future for him in that bullpen. But yeah, and if, him, if Domingo if doesn't beat the shit out of his girlfriend, there could be a future for him, too. <laughs> uh, but listen, Sebi, you sl- I love him in there. Slot him in as number two right now. Get it, you know, right behind Cole. Let, let's see, you know, he stays healthy. He'll give us a much-needed 150, 160 extra innings out of our rotation that we desperately could have used last year. I mean, as good as our bullpen was, I mean, a lot of the time they're overworked. I mean, in terms of, you know, outside of Cole, we didn't have a lot of depth in, turn, <laughs> in depth in the games out of our starting rotation. Nestor Cortez, you know, he could keep pulling rabbits out of his hat. You know, I'll, I'll be, I think we'll be just fine if Severino could just stay healthy. Easier said than done. The Yankees don't stay healthy. That's the problem. I, I mean, listen. Right now, I mean, Stanton Judge. They're also they're playing. No, no, no restrictions on everybody right now. Seems to be healthy. DJ. They all homer yesterday against Baltimore. Um, Claver, obviously, every Yankee fan hoping he's a candidate for comeback player of the year. 
Um, but you know what? I think a lot a lot of that lineup's gonna fall. A lot of that lineup's gonna fall on the guys like Labor and outside. You know, outside of Big Bop is obviously where you got Stanton and Judge. But you know, you need your guys like Labor and DJ to keep, you know get on base. You know, be hit for a decent average. Yeah, decent average. Now two twenty, two thirty. What more could you ask for from a Yankee starting lineup? <laughs> Girl, let's let's just ignore the fact that they're the twenty third best average in the league, whereas the the Rays, the Red Sox, and the Blue Jays all were top eight. You know, eh, but don't worry, we, yeah, we improved somehow, our infield. That's all that matters. We improved the infield. As listen, as somehow even twenty third, like you just said, were we twenty third in the league in average last year? Yes. Yeah, twenty third in the league, and what happened? We still won ninety one games, and somehow got in the playoffs. How do we get in the playoffs? It's as if you're disconnected from every other Yankees fan consciousness, and you're happy that they made the wild card. I did not say I was happy, but I'm not. No, but you're saying like, oh, we made the playoffs. It's a given. That's a given. I'm not, but I'm not going to sit here and and deny that and, and deny like overall overall talent on this roster. You know what? Let's get to the phones. We got a call. We got a call coming in. If everybody wants to talk, baby. Evan's getting our caller on the phone. We got, John, we got John in East Meadow. What's going on, John? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, just wanted to get your thoughts on the uh, New York Yankees and what you think they're going to do this season. Well, we were just talking. We were just talking about it, obviously. But um, last year being a down year, even though they won ninety-one games and lost the one game, which is you know, as a Yankee fan, was despicable. And that being said, I'm looking for a bounce back year from guys like Glaber, DJ, and having Severino back in that rotation, like I just said, is going to help us eat a lot of innings and really help. John, help John, us. would you just tell this guy that the Yankees are a lost cause and they're going to have to wholesale in the next three years? I think the Yankees are lost. Huh. All right. What, what, what's uh, what's your prediction? What do you what do you think the what do you listen, think about it this year? What do you listen, think? The health, the Yankee, if this Yankees roster stays healthy, there's no reason they should be below 95 wins and compete for that AL East division. Absolutely no way. There's too much with with the addition. There's no way, even though there's three teams that are arguably better than us. Okay. Oh. Yeah, okay. Okay, but yet yeah, Garrett Cole, keep in mind, had a down year last year and still was competing for the Cy Young. We, we need to see if that fraud. That, that absolute thief, Garrett Cole, can come through this year without the Thank you, attack. thank you. Finally, someone's on a Yankee homer wearing fucking Yankee underwear like Evan. <laughs> yeah, you say that. You oh, 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 the guy had a down year, but he was still competing for the Cy Young. It's as if we don't pay him $330 million over nine years. Yeah, but once we his two starts against the Rays the year before in the ALDS and every other big game. We that's, that's not a good sign when you have to go back multiple seasons just to get a good... That's two Listen, you pay guys like Scherzer, DeGrom, Cole, you know, anybody. You pay them to win the game that you need to win the game. And Garrett Cole was the main reason that we got behind the eight ball last year and we didn't win the wild card game. All right, John, we appreciate you calling in. What are your expectations or at least hopes for this Yankee team coming up in the frost? I think if Garrett Cole can prove himself this year to be dominant without the sticky stuff, I think the I think he like like your friend said he needs to come through in the big game. Yeah, I, I don't care what the hell he does in the regular season. When they get to the, he's gonna big money to win them a playoff game. He's 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 there to take them to the championship. And let's see if he can do that this year. Well, how's he gonna do it without the star Yankee that Evan likes to suck off every week? We still have a this year will be the deciding year to tell to tell if Garrett Cole. Is the biggest thief in New York besides Kenny Galladay? We'll, we'll see what happens. Hey, let's and not, let's not forget right about Kay Agawa here. There's two, there's two robbers on the loose in New York: <laughs> Kenny Galladay and Garrett Cole. Let's see if let's see if Garrett Cole can uh, can wipe that name away and uh, prove himself out there. Yeah, what's the, what's the common link between what's the common link not. between Kenny Galladay and Garrett Cole? Evans, their queen suck off. Yo, when, when it, if I could pull it up, if we had security footage of when the Giants signed him, oh, we, we, let's go. Yeah, that only worked. Yeah, well, it also would help if we had an offensive line where that could make help our. Thank you. You're bolstering my point that you should never waste money on on skilled position players if your lines aren't uh, anchored. All right, John, we appreciate you coming up, coming up and talking about the Yankees. All right, guys. Dab. All right, it's back to your point. Clear, clearly, there's a lot of super 
jury's out on a lot of superstars in the in pinstripes this season. And, you know, um, as as much as I've appreciated Garrett Cole so far, you know, he's still got a lot of work to do and a lot to prove on that contract. There's no doubt about it. Uh, I mean, we could go on and on about the Yankees. We're going to go on and on about them. Uh, we haven't set a, you know, a set schedule yet, but I'm thinking we're probably going to do uh, Sunday, Monday, Thursday might pop off. We'll, we'll have to see there. Um, you know, of course, if something big happens, you know, if there, especially if there's a big series during the regular series, uh, regular season, or, you know, there's a playoff series, you know, we'll obviously do, you know, a podcast before that game to give you a little coverage on it and whatnot. But, uh, you know, it's still fluid. Yeah. Um, a little bit, I mean, if you want to talk about, uh, the, uh, and your, you know, what your expectations for this, uh, to finish up the show, Give me a what you, with the Yankees' current roster. What well, you want to know what? Before we get all the hate mail in the the email box, let's let's talk about expectations for the Mets. <laughs> all right, what do you uh, what do you think of Cohen's job so far this offseason? I mean, listen, he, he's 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 giving the fans something that they haven't been accustomed to. I mean, the Will Bonds, whatever Will Ponds, I don't even know the fuck their their names are, but yeah, it's ripped off by Bernie Madoff. Yeah, oh, oh, traveling. Um, you know. He's they give listen, put my team in a position to win games, and the way to do that is to either you know I mean the Mets the Mets did do that you know the last ten years they their farm system especially their pitching it was unmatched there was one point where the Mets were trotting out there you got Harvey Degrom Syndergaard even Mats was you know bouncing around I mean they they couldn't be fucked with and they made a World Series they've made a World Series more recently than the Yankees have and I think a lot of Yankees fans like to forget about that. But you want to know what? They're spending money, and they still have, you know, DeGrom, who has, you know, been a Met guy for life. And hopefully, you know, you, you just like, even if you're not a fan of the Mets, you like seeing guys stick around their whole entire careers in the places that they were drafted. So you want to know what? He's spending money, and I think it's going to translate. I mean, listen, that division, even though they've produced two out of the last three years the world champion, it, it's very fluid. The Mets could easily win 100 games and take that division out, right? But you just never know. Every year, listen. I mean, if I'm a Mets fan, there's I have absolutely nothing but praise for this guy Cohen. Everything he's done is exactly what Mets fans have needed the last twenty some odd years in terms of aggressiveness with free agents, free agency, bringing in guys that are immediate impact guys, and just not being afraid to spend the money. I mean, how starved was that organization um, for for somebody like Cohen? I mean, it was almost like a storm. Not only is you know he the, the, not only is he from New York and obviously his favorite team was the Mets growing up, but everything just like I said before, everything just came together for them. And you know it's so far so good in terms of Steve Cohen doing something for this organization. Now it's same thing as last year. Let's see what they let's see what come uh, when April comes around. Are they going to be are they going to be consistent? Are they going to stay healthy? Are they going to maintain you know that you know last year they were in first place half the season. Until everything fell apart in true Mets fashion, so let's see if the if that Mets cur- if that Wilpon curse is going to hang around, or if Kurt Cohen is going to come in and absolutely shatter it. And with the roster he's put together coming into this season, they absolutely are contending for that NL East title. If you yeah. ask me, are the Mets going to have sex this year? Yeah, they're probably going to pop off. Um, well, listen, this has always been, as I said earlier in the show. The Mets fans' favorite time of the year is opening day and the time period just before that because nothing can go wrong because meaningful games haven't been played yet. But you want to know what? If you're a Mets fan, you actually have something to be happy for and hopeful for, not just their usual delusion, you know, delusionary tales. But in that same breath, Yankees fans, they got to, you know, curb your enthusiasm, no pun intended, on the season if you're a Yankees fan. If you think the Yankees are going to make a deep run, you're a little delusional this year. No, the Yankees aren't going to make a deep run. I think the Mets are going to have a better season. Oh, so that's your that's your preseason. So your expectations for this Yankee team really are not. You don't think they're good enough to compete for the division? No, I mean they can compete for the division. They can finish third place in the division, second place, whatever it is, and you know make the wild card game. Until you prove me that you can win the game that matters, uh, you know I'm not going to care. So even if the Yankees had won 100 games this year and they lost in the ALCS, you know what would you? What that, would your, that's that's a that's a that's a you know it's a it's a what do you call it? It's an improvement because you want to know what? It's more games than they won the last two years. Obviously, the COVID season doesn't really count, 
and you actually made it to the championship series. It depends who they would lose to, because I mean, we've are you know the the Red Sox and the Rays and the Astros have been our kryptonite every single year. But you want to know what? If they can make it that far and they can make a deep ALCS run, then you want to know what? I'd be pretty happy. I just don't think it's gonna happen. Uh, well, I can I, I can at least respect you noticing, you know, Cashman keeping this team, you know, afloat, competitive, and you know what? I'm gonna be honest. If they don't improve, if there's not at least a good chunk improvement, something like that, to last season, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be as pissed as any Yankee fucking as any Yankee fan. Yeah, I expect the mid 90s to higher win total, and I'm expecting this team to compete for a championship come October. Well, here's what it comes down to. It's gonna bite the Yankees in the ass. When, you're, when this is all said and done, that they allotted so much money to Giancarlo Stanton. I'm going to say his name. I was supposed to say it, Giancarlo Stanton, just to annoy you. But, you know. He can carry them all they want, but I still do not believe in paying the max for home run or strikeout hitters. Of course, he's not batting 200. I'm not saying that. I'm saying we could invest two players in our infield for that money that we paid for him. Uh, you know, sign a Trevor Story, sign another ancillary piece, and the Yankees are going to be better off. You don't need to, like, I know, believe it or not, you think you think I might not think this, but I think it's true. You don't have to spend a lot of money to win games, you know, see the Rays and see the Astros. But when you spend stupid money, you're never going to win. That, that's not necessarily true. When you're a big market team like New York, you got to spend like a big market. That's just how Who would it you is. rather have, you Manny Machado play. in the infield or, or Stanton in the outfield? Who would you rather have? <laughs> listen, listen. I understand you're against those types of contracts for those types. No, of I'd players. rather have Manny Machado. You have the when you have the cap space and the money and the market. That's what you do. That's what the Yankees have always done. The Yankees have been able to win like that in the past. Doesn't mean you can't win because you spend because that's how you spend your money. The Yankees have proven like Cashman time again, time again. He can he can put a winning roster together with all different. Con- I think Evan might have cut out there, haven't you there? Might have lost him there. Give him a quick call back. <clears throat> in the future, you know, this is obviously just the the test run here. But in the future, we're going to be most likely in the same place. We're not in the same place. We'll be on a secured network. So nothing like that would ever happen. But I mean, the show's just basically about over. If I had to make a guess, the retard forgot to, you know, plug in his phone. It probably died. And I'm not getting a dial tone. So that's probably what it was. So we're going we're gonna to wrap up the show here. Um, we're 57 minutes into the show. I mean, if this was a real show, we would probably just have, you know, three minutes of that dedicated to, um, I actually think it might have been my phone that lost connection. But, you know, we'd have about two to three minutes dedicated to the sponsors and, you know, things that we're, um, you know, caught up on. But uh, I'm going to try one more time here to get an outro. And the phone is ringing. Yep, there we go. Yeah, my, my little bit of a ancillary part right there not working. But I, as I was telling the viewers, you know, the show would probably end around this time anyway because we hopefully in the future we'd have sponsors and you got to dedicate at least three minutes to the sponsors. So uh, any That's quick true. notes to exit the show? My quick note was, yeah, back to my Yankee point. Last thing I was going to say was, goes back to Brian Cashman. I mean, you know, as big, you know, you know me being the big Cashman fan I am, you know, He's proven time and time again that he can construct a winning roster with a thirty million dollar player and also the three hundred thousand dollar player. He's been he's been able to bring in prospects and and also sign key guys. Hey hey hey! Don't forget! Don't forget! I know Glaber Torres wasn't our prospect. We brought him in. Gary Sanchez, Gary Sanchez, Greg Bird, and Duhar. Gary Sanchez. In 20, I mean, yeah, you're talking about five years ago when he came no, up. No, no, I'm talking about every after all said and done, you know, if they were on their rookie contract, they'd be getting an extension by now. Greg Bird, Gary Sanchez, and Duhar, I'm going to lump him in there because we don't know what the fuck's going on with him. And if Glaber Torres doesn't pan out, all these guys that you... And Duhar, absolutely. What do you mean? When he's on the field healthy, when he's played, when he's hit, all he's done is hit. When he, look at the, he's broke DiMaggio's doubles record as a Yankee rookie. Yes, as a rookie, and he's done nothing since. That's my point. You want consistency. The guy's been hurt. That's a big part. The best ability is availability. Okay, yeah, yeah I'm not going to sit here and argue so, you know, so, and somebody getting hurt, you know, season after whatever. season. Whatever, whether, whether, whether it's good or bad, Greg Oden not being available to play, that was a bad draft pick for the, the Portland Trailblazers. You can't deny that. <laughs> and now you're, now you're going off about basketball. No, it's an, it's an example. If you have an injury-prone history, okay, it affects how other people and fans perceive you. Okay, well, Dan 
I'm not saying that he's a scrub. I'm just saying it's guys that we staked our future on that didn't pan out. That's what I'll say. Uh, okay. And there's a reason why Cashman still has a job for the New York Yankees. Because of his history. He's getting the benefit of the doubt. Okay. Okay. And also, it's not you're going to put last year on him just because a bunch of players have down years that clearly should not. No, I'm going to put it on him that, you know, obviously this was a long time ago. I don't remember exactly what was and going on. Team out. Like, what do you want from the guy? All the guy does is keep the. Listen, there, there has been a common trait since 2017, and there was no expectations in 2017. By now, the expectations are gone. Go find me another GM. I'll give you a bunch of GMs. The Rays constantly put out a team that is good. The Astros constantly put out a team. You can't compare a small market team to a big market team. They're in a completely different. Listen, listen. The Yankees have always been in a big market. The Yankees have always been in the big market, but they didn't win the championships at the end of the 20th century by putting out A-Rod, by putting out Teixeira. They won them with Derek Jeter, Bernie Williams, a bunch of guys that were just ball players. They were there every single year competing until, and then look what happened. A-Rod's contract was... I'm not talking about that. I'm saying you win World Series with guys that you brought up and guys that aren't splashy, guys that just get the job done. DJ LeMay, who's up the world. Uh, look at the look at the Braves. Look at the the Nationals. Look at the Nationals. The Nationals. I mean, of course, Bryce Harper left. That's probably the funniest thing in the world. But listen, they the Nationals won by guys that they drafted, guys that they brought in. They didn't seem like big moves at the time. The Braves won the same way. You know what? The Dodgers they make it every single year, but they don't get it done most of the time. So you really have okay, to. Getting, getting, okay. When you're the key is, you know how many teams can't even get there, and you're giving me this argument. I mean, come on, I'm not saying. Like, I'm just oh, saying if you look at since 2010, if you look at since 2010, the teams that aren't splashy and don't spend a bunch of money, those are the teams that win the World Series. Listen, to yet to be determined. All right, be- we're we're gonna bop it off on that one. Appreciate you listening to the show. Whoever gets a chance to listen to this, it's gonna go down as an artifact. The, the, the one that started it all. And you want to know what? Let's get it going. Let's pop it off here. Ian D-Bar signing off.